Well, Merry Christmas. Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here. Uh, and it is awesome to be able to be here with you, to be able to celebrate all that God is doing in and through us, the church, all that God is doing in and through us, just some ragamuffin people trying to get through day by day. And so we are excited that you have joined us. If you're new here, whether you're joining us online or in person, you're welcome here. We just want you to know that we're glad that you have chosen to spend this evening in celebration of the greatest gift ever given, the gift of Jesus Christ. And we want you to know, hey, we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And we want to be more like him, and we want to invite you on a journey with us so that we can grow together in relationship with God, we can grow in relationship with one another, and we can go into the world and make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's Christmas Eve. Uh, and I'm pretty excited about Christmas Eve. You know, this is the, the time we get to talk about Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and the manger, star in the sky, all kinds of things like that. All of those normal things that we talk about at Christmas, the things that are just typically a part of our Christmas story. If you've grown up anywhere in the United States, you have heard this story at one point in time or another. Maybe you didn't believe it the first time you heard it, uh, but over time it just becomes common. It becomes the story that's associated with this time of the year. What we've been trying to do is we've been trying to talk about the unexpected nature of what the first Christmas really was and the unexpected nature of what every Christmas really is. And we started by saying, hey, there's a lot of people in this Christmas story. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't belong in the Christmas story, people from the wrong side of the tracks, people that, that don't seem like they should play a part in this story that God is unfolding for us. And yet, that's exactly the people that are invited to be a part of the story. Uh, we talked about possibilities where people had a possible change in decision, where Mary was given the invitation, hey, do you want to be a part of this? Joseph was given the invitation, hey, you don't have to leave Mary. She didn't do anything wrong. Stick with her. And, and, and the places that they came from, on top of all of it, none of it made sense. None of it was expected. It was totally unexpected. Uh, but this year, this year uh, for us, for each and every one of us, one of the main pieces about Christmas is we're going to talk about tonight about the gift of Christmas. And it's the giving season. We all know what's going on at Christmas. Who likes presents? Let's show a sign of hands. Who likes presents? Actually, who doesn't like presents? You can go ahead and raise your hand. That's a lie. Um, everybody, everybody likes, don't, nobody expected to be called out from the front. It's good. Everybody likes presents. We all like presents, and receiving presents at Christmas is amazing. We enjoy it. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but on Christmas morning, I'm still like a six-year-old. I'm super excited. I'm like, okay, when do we get to open presents? You know, waiting for that one family member that's going to arrive so that we can tear into the presents because I love it. But what I know for a fact is I, I also love giving presents. As a matter of fact, I remember the very first Christmas present I ever gave. My guess is you probably do too, that you do as well. But I was in kindergarten and I, I had just, I had my big boy pants on. And I had just gone to kindergarten. I was in real school for the first time ever. And, and, and they had turned a closet into the Christmas shop. And so I went into the Christmas shop, and I could see there was all kinds of stuff. And so I went home. I was like, Mom, I need some money to buy you a Christmas present, right? Can you fund me so I can get you something nice? 
uh, I promise it's going to be great. And so uh, my mom gave me some money so that I could go and buy my mom and dad a present. And so I went back in uh, to the Christmas shop and they had like this, uh, this snow globe, this glass snow globe thing. And I was like, that's a great thing for my mom. Uh, and then my dad, my dad, they had a hammer. It was about this long, not the most effective hammer ever. But what was cool about it, y'all, is it had a screwdriver inside the bottom of it. And then a screwdriver inside of that screwdriver. And a screwdriver inside of that screwdriver. And it had like eight screwdrivers. And they kept getting smaller until there was a little bitty screwdriver. And I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. Uh, and honestly, I look back on that and I'm like, that was the dumbest present I could have ever. Like my dad was like, oh. I will treasure this, you know, it's the best present ever. Uh, but I remember that moment of, of, you know, I had opened my presents and I was ready for them to open their present. I couldn't wait to see what their reaction was going to be. I couldn't wait to see how they were going to respond to the gift that I had given to them. So my dad, you know, over the top, my mom, over the top, uh, and it was great. It was great. And I, I felt like I was a pretty accomplished gift giver. Uh, and then two years ago, something happened, y'all. I got married, and my wife's love language is giving gifts. So I learned that I was a pretty terrible gift giver because my wife starts planning the Christmas presents December 26th. She's like, okay, what can we get them for Christmas next year? And I'm like, well, we just gave them Christmas presents. It's crazy. I don't know. Why, why, why do we have to do this? Uh, but she, she watches the conversations that she has. And if anybody says something like, oh, I wish I had this, oh, she writes that down. She has a sticky note of possible Christmas things for every person that she wants to buy Christmas. Not just one sticky note. Like, it's all over the place. She, has, she really has a thing for sticky notes. Maybe that's what I should give her for Christmas. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Amy's love language is giving gifts, but she doesn't leave it at, oh, I'm going to give some some gift cards. I'm the king of gift cards. I can get fancy gift cards. I can get funny gift cards. I can get gift cards that make everything uh, better. But my wife is like, gift cards are lame. And so now I know that my gift giving is lame. <laughs> and so uh, we have upped our game. And now, you know, what's interesting is we talk about it. We're like, hey, what do you think so-and-so would like? Well, I think this, and she's always right, so I'm just going to go with that. Uh, plus, I'm getting points as this message continues on. So it's all good. Um, she's always right about this. And, and so we, we have this conversation and she pretends to listen to me and then makes her own decision anyway. Uh, but it's good because then when you open the Christmas present, it's not just like a gift card and, oh, what can I do with this? I can think of some things I need or some things I'll do. It's something that is meaningful and meant specifically for that person. Something that really is overwhelming and it's special to them. And that's what I love about Christmas is I, I've regained in the past two years, I've recaptured this desire to really plan and think about what can we do? How can we bless people? How can we touch them in a way that makes a difference? How can we give from our heart? And that's, that's what's really transformed in my life over these past two years. And, and what is interesting about this is constantly all of us, all of us, it makes sense that we want to give gifts around Christmas time, because we have received one of the greatest gifts, not one of, the greatest gift ever given. We've received the gift of Jesus Christ, that God chose to become one of us and to do life alongside us, to share life with us so that we might have a way to be reconciled with God, so that we might have a way that we could come into real life 
so that we might experience true life, maybe for the very first time. So this year, as we read that common Christmas story, uh, the one from Luke's gospel where, where we've read about it maybe year after year after year, and some of us some of us have read it for, you know, 95 years. And some of us, this is the first year we get to read the Christmas story. But let's, let's all listen to it as if it was the first time that it was ever read to us. And so it was that while they were there, they, Mary and Joseph, there in Bethlehem, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And ye, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard all that heard it wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. See, friends, it's a very familiar story. We've heard it more and more and more. The longer we've been around, the more we've heard it. Every year we hear it multiple times we hear it, but the reality of what happened that night was totally unexpected. I mean, the Jews expected a Messiah. They expected an anointed one. They expected someone like Moses, uh, a person who would come into their midst that would lead and guide them, that would share with them uh, a way to go forward, that would share with them a way to, to break out of the brokenness that they were in a way to make a difference. But instead, there was so much more. There was so much more that was going on at that moment because it was Jesus, God himself, who chose to come into the world and through the world bring about a rightness for all of us. John's gospel says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word in this story is Jesus in this introduction, in this poem that John writes. He's saying, in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. And then he continues, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. 
We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The reality of what happened that first Christmas is that God himself chose to be one of us, chose to leave his glory behind and to squeeze himself into a tiny baby, into an infant that needed care and burping, that needed diaper changes and cleaning, that needed to learn how to eat and walk and talk. God chose to do that so that he might become one of us, so that he might walk in life with us. And it gives us a new meaning to Emmanuel, God with us. In the past, God with us was like, oh, it's God's presence or, or God's power or, or God's provision or his spirit. But now it was God himself as a person. The son became human and came into the world so that we might get to know him. I mean, he was an average looking man. Actually, he was a man, <laughs> a certain height, certain hair color, probably not the golden blonde that you see on the pictures, but that's okay. Uh, he weighed a certain amount and he had cer certain facial features. The eternal being who created everything came to be a man. Before that, he was a baby. And before that, he was a mother, a fetus in his mother's womb. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that is all about? I, I, I don't know how you read your Bible, but mine, mine I, I like to uh, uh, give voices to other people that aren't always the main characters in there. I just imagine Jesus and the Father having a conversation with the angels, trying to lay out their plan for salvation for humanity. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go, Jesus is going to go, and he's going to be a baby. And the angels are probably like, oh, that's not a great idea. <laughs> like, like, why would that be a good idea? You mean you're going to go, the creator of all things is going to go and be held in the arms of the created? That doesn't make any sense. I can't understand it. I can't fathom it. And my, my guess is that's not really how it went, but I like to imagine things like that. So I think, I think that helps me to understand the reality of what happened in that moment, that it was so mind-boggling and so different. But I think we're proud of ourselves because we're like, yeah, Jesus came to be a human. You know, it's cool. It's not a problem because humans are pretty cool. We're at the top of the food chain. We're good. But the reality, C.S. Lewis says it like this. He's one of my favorite authors. If you want to get to the hang of it, think of how you would like to become a slug or a crab. Think of how you would like to become a slug so that you could save all of slugdom from its slugginess. I mean, that's that like, I don't know, uh, they're slimy, they're gross, salt affects them poorly. I don't understand why anybody would want to be a part of this. Um, but the re that's the reality. What God did is he said, I'm going to leave my glory behind. I'm going to leave all of the, the wonder and the, the power so that I can be 100% human, so that I can walk in the midst of the others that I have created, so that I can share life with them, so that I can inspire them with my words and then inspire them further with my offering of my life on their behalf. The reality is hard for us to comprehend. It's mind-boggling. And, and, and we just call it Christmas and move on. Yeah, it's Christmas. And we should be like, yeah, it's Christmas. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? We call it Christmas and move on. The world is forever changed by what God has done. We 
have been forever impacted by what God has done on this night that God chose, I will be one of them. On this night that God gives us the gift of himself. And, and what's great is just like my, my wife who plans and prepares for Christmas, so God had planned and prepared for this gift. It wasn't, it wasn't a last minute Christmas gift. He wasn't like, what are we going to do this year? Oh, I know, I'll go and be born as one of... No, throughout all of the Old Testament, throughout all of the story, was this preparation for what was going to happen, for the way that it would unfold, for how he was going to save us from ourselves. The moment, we call it incarnation, when God became human, and it was from the beginning, before there was time, before we had even an inkling that we needed him, God was planning to rescue us. And he knew just how and when he would do it. The prophets paint picture after picture of, of God's understanding of how he's going to do it. Uh, but what's amazing to me is that the Old Testament plays this out. The Old Testament provides an understanding, a roadmap, if you will, of God revealing more and more of this plan over the course of time. You see, there was a, a forefather, uh, one of the, the, the patriarchs named Abraham. Abraham was a, a shepherd. He had a little flock of animals, and God showed up, and God was like, I'm going to bless you if you follow me, and I'll be your God, and you'll be my guy. And Abraham was like, okay, that sounds good. God said, all right, we're going to go. And Abraham said, where are we going? And God said, I'll let you know when we get there. And Abraham said, okay, because Abraham was crazy, and he took off. But God made a covenant with Abraham. God said to Abraham, I will make you a blessing to all nations. I will bless you so that you can bless others. But Abraham never could have understood that the blessing that God was talking about was that his own son, God himself, would be that blessing. That through the line of Abraham, that God would come into the world. Moses, who led the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt, comes to the mountain of Sinai and goes up to receive the law from God. But Moses never would have expected that God had in mind to fulfill the law through Jesus Christ, through himself. And David, King David, who was great in the Old Testament, actually all of the Jews to this day still look to that as the golden age. David was told by the prophet, your, your line will last forever. But David could never have imagined that what was being told to him was that God himself would be born a son of David so that he might reign and rule on David's throne and over all creation that God himself would fulfill all of these things. He could never have imagined. It was so unexpected because God came into the world so that we might find hope in this day and in all of our lives. Christ came into the world so that through Christ, the world could be saved. Friends, this is why Christmas is so unexpected because the gift that god gives at christmas is the gift of himself a gift that keeps on giving a gift that continues over and over and over god planned and prepared for that moment 
But not just that moment, but 2,000 years later, he plans and prepares for this moment so that you might know that God is here for you as well. You see, Jesus says, I want to give you all that I am. And, and, and the hope is that that is what you will receive. You see, I, I, I was, uh, if you don't know anything about me, then I'll share this. I grew up outside of the church. I didn't give a rip about Jesus. I didn't think it made any sense. I thought it was dumb until it wasn't. And when I had my experience with God, I remember that first December, I went to church for the first time on Christmas Eve, and I experienced my first ever Christmas, where my heart was alive, where I came to life, where I knew without a doubt that my God was there for me, and that He has offered His life for me, that I might be forgiven, and that I might find new and true life. And that's what Jesus offers to each and every one of us. And if I had a Christmas hope for each and every one of us, a Christmas wish, if I could have my Christmas wish, it would be that every one of us would experience that. That we would be able to experience the presence of God so profoundly that we knew that He was right there with us. That we would experience the presence of God so deeply that we would understand all that Christmas entails. That it is so much more than just a cool holiday to buy presents. That it is a time when we can experience life in a way that we never have. New life, real life, abundant life. Don't be content and sit back and say, oh, it's just another Christmas. I mean, the reality of the question is this. How can you stay content with just a nice Christmas? when God chose to give you his kingdom. You see, the gift of Jesus isn't just, I'll make you forgiven. It's that he says, I love you so much, I want you to be a part of my family. And I'm going to invite you to be a part of my life, be a part of my family. I want you to be a part of my kingdom, heirs to my throne. And that is what we have become in Jesus. This is what we are offered in Jesus, we could be different. We could be different individually. We could be different for our family. We could be different for our friends. We could be different as a community. We could be different in our world and make a difference in the name of Jesus, sharing love and grace with all of those we encounter. And as unexpected as this is, God himself is here. For each and every one of us. For you and for me. So let us come and see what God has done.